1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is always a pleasure to be alongside Ray Lance. This morning, Pete's here as well. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Peter Lance. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Phil. Hello, Peter. I wish I had your golden voice. And this is USA Wealth Group's Money Wise. Hello, everyone. I can't can't even come close to doing that. That's because he's an actor. (laughs) We We should should practice impressions sometimes. Oh, my God. You know who does great impressions is our news director, Taylor Cormier. Oh, Taylor's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. He can do so many. But can he do you? Because I certainly cannot. He he tries. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. I love it. (laughs) Now, Taylor has a wonderful voice. He's a great singer also. Yes, he is. So what I try to do, Phil, when I come here, ladies and gentlemen, is I try to put on my best radio voice. You have a beautiful voice. Velvet. (laughs) Red velvet. Some days it's more velvet than others. Some days it's more like a velvet rabbit, I suppose. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, good morning again, and welcome to Money Wise. Every Sunday morning at this hour, USA Wealth Group is pleased and proud to bring you some useful information that will make a difference in your life, in the life of your family, frankly. So we are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Our telephone number is 508-998-8858. You can visit our website at usawealthgroup.com. We have a very unusual topic today because there is so much to cover. We could talk for three or four hours. So we're going to compress this a little bit. And our topic today is called Life Insurance Matters, and it's Life Insurance Matters, but it's also Life Insurance Matters. I will say that I don't believe that every single person needs life insurance. If you're single, if you don't have people dependent upon you, you have other kinds of assets, the only thing you might really need perhaps would be something to make sure that you're going to be buried properly the way you want to be buried. But So for single people who don't have children, they might not have as much of a need for life insurance. But boy, there sure are a lot of other people that need life insurance and should have it that don't. Well, that's one of the things that actually I had to talk about. And as usual, we have everything laid out in front of us and uh, documented and researched long before this show ever starts. Uh, One of the things that this person is... uh, in the belief of, and I have the exact same belief, is Ivan Ucero. He said to start young with life insurance because you can always add more later. And when you're younger, the life insurance is much less money and you can lock it in. So you just said sort of something that I don't necessarily believe in that not everybody needs life insurance. That might be true, but I feel that that's more for people who are older and may not have a spouse or any mm-hmm. children. Exactly. Um, but for younger people, you haven't really started your, your full life yet, and you may not be married yet. You may not have children yet. But lock in your life insurance now while it's really inexpensive and while you're I think that's easily a good, able to get it. Yeah, I think that's a very good qualification. In fact, we'll talk in a few minutes about different ages and different stages in life and who should have life insurance. For example, what if you just graduated from college? I think that's a good example. You're single, you're not married, you have no children. 
But you have college debt. Should you have life insurance? I think so, but I that's so just too. me. Yeah, I think so, too. I think if you've got student loans or if your parents have invested money in you and your education and maybe they've used some of their retirement money to help a, a student go to college and all of a sudden something happens to the student, well, then maybe there ought to be life insurance on the student's life so that the parents can regain part of their retirement account. And, again, not only that, but it's so inexpensive when you're that young. When you're just getting out of college, you're you know, 22, 23 years old for most people, and you can get life insurance for next to nothing at that age. Well, here's another quotation I'd like to give from Susie Orman. If a child, a spouse, a life partner, or a parent depends on you and your income, you need life insurance. Pure Period. and simple. Yep. No ifs, ands, and buts. I'd like to remind everyone listening today to MoneyWise by USA Wealth Group that we have something in our office called your financial navigator plan. This is something that's relatively new. We've been working on it for a while. And it's a way that in one location you can have a total plan that includes your goals, your budget, an income analysis, savings and investment strategies, retirement strategies. This can help analyze and answer the question of, do you need life insurance? And what this does is it basically helps you chart your own financial course. We do it with you and basically navigate the treacherous financial waters of life. People often, I suspect, don't realize that they might need life insurance. I, I would say that that's true with probably three-quarters of the people who live in this country. I think it's something along the lines of 80% of people do not have life insurance in this country, and like 70% of those um, know that they need it and that they have spouse, a spouse or children and that they need it, but they still don't have it. So you need a financial navigator plan because it's going to basically answer some very important questions for you. Can you pay for college? Can you complete your financial goals? Can you afford to retire? And if you can answer some of those questions and have some peace of mind, that financial navigator plan is going to be very important to you. Yeah, and it's really not anything different um, that we that we're doing. We've always given people something to take home when they meet with us with their uh, asset spreadsheet and their budget and their retirement goals and basically a plan that we uh, help to put into place for them. But it's uh, put in, an, in a nicer format and in a binder that you can take home and put on a shelf that you can look at any time. Uh, the, the law firm has always given people a binder when they do an estate plan that they can quickly go and grab easily and reference and look at. So we're now creating something that you can take home and instead of just having loose papers somewhere in a file, uh, something that you can put on a shelf and look at whenever you want. Make sure that you're on the right track. We want to help you float your boat. That's it. I like that. Is that it, Pete? Sure. <laughs> Does Ben Franklin have any quotes about floating a boat? I don't know. I'll have to look and see. Um, but uh, somebody named Ken Hubbard said, fun is like life insurance. The older you get, the more it costs. <laughs> so we do want to do it younger. All right, so let's ask the question, first of all, why do we do life insurance? Who needs life insurance? Do Everyone. Ki do kids need life insurance? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, have, we have life insurance on our children, and it's not 
because you know we're concerned that anything would happen to them, God forbid. But it's more of a college uh, savings plan for them. Uh, life insurance can be used for so many different things. It sounds boring when people think about life insurance. They either think it's boring or they think about their own mortality. But it's really one of the most useful things that you can have in your financial plan, um, including college savings. It's something that the cash value can be used to help pay for college. Grandparents can do it for their grandchildren. Parents can do it for their children. And it does not need to be put on a FAFSA form, which is a financial aid form. So it does not need to be disclosed on that form. So there can be some really good reasons why kids might want to have life insurance, or you might want to have life insurance on a child's life. Yeah, as always, it's a case-by-case scenario, but in, in many cases, it is a good idea. And I've had situations where we've had grandparents who've purchased the life insurance for the benefit of the children, the grandchildren, and paying the premiums for it because they are using it specifically as a college accumulation vehicle. And when the money comes out later, it's borrowed out of the policy, so it's not income to anybody. How about spouses? Do you think spouses should have life insurance on each other's lives? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous not to. Both spouses should have it. Both spouses rely on each other, uh, whether the spouse is a stay-at-home spouse or or mom. uh, You need to rely on that person. If they're not bringing an income, they're doing something useful at home. They're cleaning, they're cooking, they're uh, providing for the children, taking care of the children. Uh, If that goes away, then you need some type of uh, replacement for that. So let's just focus on that one question for just a minute. Let's say we have a husband and wife, and uh, they're both working, which is fairly reasonable and common today, and there might be children involved. And then the husband has no life insurance or very little life insurance on his life, and he dies. There's a car accident, a motorcycle accident. We've seen motorcycle accidents recently in our own community where fairly young people have passed away. And then all of a sudden the family discovers that there's not enough life insurance or there's no life insurance. What happens to the children and what happens to the surviving wife at that point? How do they support themselves? How do they replace the income that was being generated by the person who died? It's not terribly often, and it is tragic when it happens, but it does happen that a young person passes away either because of some type of uh, medical issue. People have heart attacks all the time. You know, even little kids have heart attacks. It can happen. It does happen. Uh, there are, as my father just mentioned, you know, motor vehicle accidents. Life happens. Life can be cruel. And if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, even if you're in your early 40s and you're still relatively young and you have children, you really need to have life insurance or even a spouse. Um, you know, a spaghetti dinner or a fundraiser, if you suddenly pass away, is not going to make up for your income and for what you provide for your spouse and your family. Here's an actual quotation from someone named Suzanne Allison. A pasta dinner fundraiser after you're gone will not raise enough money to take care of your minor children and spouse. Don't let that be the legacy that you leave them with. And we see it all the time in the newspaper, sure. don't we? We've seen examples uh, in the past year in just our own community. We've seen several examples of that happen. Um, Fairly recently, um, within the past week, um, I have a first cousin 
who has a son who's 46 years of age, and the son just died at the age of 46 of Parkinson's disease. We don't expect Parkinson's disease in somebody who's that young. We normally think of that as being an older person's disease. And um, this young man uh, was college educated. He had a good career. He became disabled as he, be, as he got worse with Parkinson's disease. Uh, two children, I think they're both out of school, but 46 years of age is a very young age for Parkinson's disease. He didn't plan that he was going to have a disease probably at the age of 42 or 43. Absolutely. We don't, I mean, that's, you know, you're close to that age. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also somebody else uh, that I'm fairly close to in our family who was diagnosed with MS at a very young age. Mm -hmm. So you just never know. No, and that's one of the reasons uh, in terms of top 10 reasons why you need life insurance. The first is you never know. Dying suddenly by accident, by unexpected illness, even natural causes, can happen anytime. So what life insurance does, it helps the loved ones who stay behind you pay the mortgage, the bills, college costs. And one of the key features of life insurance is that it's tax-free. Life insurance proceeds, when they're received, are not taxable income. They don't get taxed to anybody. So... And that was a congressional decision made a long time ago, but it's an important one. So although nothing can replace you if you're gone, uh, life insurance can sure make things a lot easier for everybody you leave behind. So you don't ever know when something happens. I'm going to mention one other quick story at this point because, you know, we know of two fairly young people younger than the age of 40 who died recently um, in our community. My cousin's son just died at the age of 46 of Parkinson's. You said younger than 40. There were two, there were two other people in the community oh, okay. that died younger than the age of 40. <laughs> did I say that correctly? Yes, no, you did not. I, I was confused. but no, no, there were two other people younger than 40 in our community who died unexpectedly, totally unexpectedly, and probably with not enough resources left behind to support the family. And not only is that tragic to lose somebody, but then it's tragic all over again because what does this poor family do to support themselves? Well, maybe the wife has to go out and find another husband. Or maybe they have to move in with family because they can't afford yeah. their house any longer. I mean, it, it happens. And again, a fundraiser, isn't, a fundraiser is, a, is a wonderful thing that people put together because they care, but it's not going to make up for that other person being gone and the, the income that they provided. No, and you could you could lose a house and be forced to sell a house and be forced to take children out of the environment they live in, the school system that they're in, simply because there's not enough money, there are no longer two incomes coming in to be able to pay the mortgage. So I'm going to suggest that at the very least, think about insurance, an insurance policy that would pay off the mortgage. So at least it wouldn't be a real quick decision to have to sell a house. Near the end of the show, and we're going to talk about how much insurance do you need and what are some of the ways you can calculate how much insurance you need. And there are so many different types of insurance, and the insurance that we're talking about to protect a mortgage or to protect your children uh, until they are through college, if they're going to be going to college, or if you don't know if they're going to be going to college, uh, that's term insurance. Most people know the difference between term and whole life, but there's so many other options and, and variables that we always spell out in plain English to people and really let you decide what's the best option for you. But when you're talking about mortgage insurance, something that will carry 
uh, a spouse through a particular time, you're talking term insurance. And for the most part, it is so much cheaper than you probably realize. Right. So we're going to talk about some of the cost of insurance. We're going to talk about the types of insurance, term, whole life, universal life. What does it cost? How do you know whether you're insurable or not insurable? What if you're a smoker? Um, we're going to talk about what's the process to apply for insurance, everything from the application to illustrations and quotes to an exam to contract. And a couple of points to that. Uh, if you are a smoker, if you are a tobacco user, the rates have come down for even tobacco use uh, now. And it also used to be that you had to quit smoking, uh, if you're a former smoker, for at least five years with some companies, some companies even longer. There are some companies now that will say that you're a former smoker if you quit for a year or two years. Um, so things have changed. Uh, the other thing is that people are living longer, and that's because of medicine and and science. Uh, so rates in general have come down across the board. Um, I was fairly recently, uh, within the past year, uh, approved for a newer life insurance policy at a lower rate than I was before, and I was approved at a preferred rate. Now, I have um, some minor blood pressure uh, and cholesterol issues, and I'm probably 20 pounds heavier than I should be. Uh, I was very surprised that I came in at a preferred. My lovely wife came in at super preferred. Um, So rates are better, and people are getting approved at a better rate as well. Uh, just because of what's going on in in today's world with medicine and technology and science. And by the way, we won't talk about Jen's age on the telephone, but she On the telephone? uh, I'm sorry, on the radio. (laughs) I won't talk about it on the telephone either. (laughs) But uh, she has a million dollars of life insurance for about $60 a month. That is awesome. Peter is a bit more because he's a male. And because I'm preferred, not super preferred. Right. It's inexpensive to have insurance like that. So let's talk about some other reasons why you need life insurance in general. Funerals can be expensive. Let's take the case of one of these younger people who died recently. They probably not only had no life insurance, but they don't have any funeral or burial insurance. So you're looking at seven, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars for a funeral for pretty much basic funerals. Typically, we don't recommend uh, burial insurance for people who are younger. That's something that we normally recommend when people are, are getting a little bit older, but it's very useful. Um, but life insurance in general, it pays out almost always very, very quickly because the life insurance companies know that that's the primary reason that they're there uh, is to be there in the time of the family's need. Uh, they're not there to delay anything. They, they issue a check almost immediately and it can go and help pay for your funeral and burial expenses. Um, It's also life insurance benefits are 100% tax-free, and that's another huge benefit to the beneficiaries. So what I'd like to do, because we have a lot of ground to cover, is I want to go through some of the other reasons for having life insurance. Obviously, to protect the people that you care about, the the people that you love, uh, spouse, partner, children, family members, and it gives them financial support in case you're not here, then you have to assume that there's one less income now in the household. And you'd be surprised who can qualify for life insurance. You might qualify at a you know a, light, a slightly higher rate than um, you know normal or or standard or preferred. Uh, but we've had people who were you know quite overweight 
who have had heart issues in the past. Um, there's a woman uh, I know, she's wonderful. She had a heart attack at a very young age. Uh, we were able to get her approved for life insurance to protect her children. Uh, so even if you don't think that you would qualify, you know, let us find out for you if it's something that you're interested in looking at. The other reason for having life insurance in general, uh, Peter, is that um, you know when somebody dies, it's it's bad enough of a shock in the family, but it shouldn't mean that the family is now left behind with debt either. And that's what life insurance is designed to take care of. Well, I've got people in the community, whether they're friends of mine or whether they just know me and, and what I do, who have reached out to me over the past you know, 10, 15 years and you know, explained to me about something going on with their family, their mother, their father, uh, whatever, and said, you know, is it too late for life insurance? And here's the situation. And almost always at that point, if the person is older and they have cancer or something, at that point it is too late. So do something now to protect your family uh, instead of having them try to figure it out for you later on in life when you might have an issue. And as Ben Franklin said, do not squander time, for that is the stuff life is made of. Do you like that one? I do. I'm just wondering if there's anybody that you have quotes, you know, regardless of... uh, or, or I should say, other than Ben Franklin, is there anyone other oh, sure. than Ben Franklin? Because sure. I, I think sure. a few weeks ago we did a show and it was all Ben Franklin quotes and nobody else. And so far you've done two or three today. And well, he wrote a lot. Only Ben Franklin. Well, here's Thomas Edison. There is time for everything, including making time to make sure your family is protected. Well, there's so, time for everything until you don't have enough time. Or until you suddenly run out of time. <laughs> We'll make no time before it's time. Is anybody still listening? <laughs> <laughs> what if you're in business, Pete? Um, if you're responsible for running a business and you're the key money pr- provider, breadwinner, producer, whatever it happens to be, and something happens to you, you should have life insurance. What if you're in partnership with somebody? Well, there's something that it's you, it's not even something that you would necessarily have uh, insurance on yourself. If you're the business owner and you have somebody who's very important to the business, you would have something called key person insurance. So it's sort of in line of what you were just talking about. And if you're in business with someone, it's very typical and usually required uh, if you have um, you know loans out there that both of you have a life insurance policy on each other in case something happens to one or, each, or both of you. So here's a real case. I talked to a gentleman last week, and we're working over... Uh, numbers and figures and financial information. He's in business with a partner. Um, They do not have a buy-sell agreement. They're equal partners. There's other family members involved. And I asked the simple question, is there any kind of a buy-sell agreement? Is there any kind of cross-sell life insurance? And the answer is no. So what that means is if one of the partners dies, then the surviving partner, the gentleman, could be now running the business with the guy who died, his wife. Yeah, absolutely. Who has no experience, doesn't work in the business, and boy, wouldn't that be a fine mess. So life insurance can take care of those kinds of situations. Lots of really interesting business situations. If it's done correctly, you can do it as a business expense. And one other thing to mention that um, most of you may not be aware of is we're doing every kind of insurance right now, not just life insurance. We also do business owner policies. We do umbrella policies, liability policies that uh, are much less expensive uh, than you might realize. Uh, We're doing home, auto, commercial. So we're doing all of that now. 
Um, so we're really a one-stop shop for you. Right, and I do want to mention um, before we take a short break that we're going to be talking about some other quick examples when it might make sense to have insurance and the things that insurance can provide for. And then we're going to talk about costs and how does one go about getting insurance and finding out what you can afford. So we're going to come back in just a moment. I just want to remind you that we have a financial navigator plan that we can provide for anyone who comes in and works with our office and becomes our client. It will have your goals, your budget, and income analysis and asset analysis. It will make some recommendations for how to protect your assets. And most importantly, it's going to give you peace of mind knowing that your finances are prepared, your retirement is ready. Take some time to get a retirement navigator, and we'll help you sail away into the sunset or something like that. But stay tuned. We're going to come right back and talk much more specifically about some important ideas and things that you may not know about how one goes about getting insurance and how it's taxed. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to MoneyWise. Thank you for listening to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group every Sunday morning. We're so happy to be here. It's really fun for us to be able to explain a lot of the things that we do, things that will help you um, navigate your own financial plan. We do something called this Financial Navigator Plan, and we're going to show you how you can better protect your family. Chart your course. Chart your course. Avoid, with us. Avoid and the sharks. You keep saying all these different things in relation to the financial navigator, and it just keeps bringing up these songs and things in my head. I keep thinking of Sail Away on sure. the Block Island <laughs> Ferry. That and a couple we sa- weeks ago you said something about hoisting up the sails, and I started thinking about the Beach Boys song. We sailed Hoist on the ship, John, John B. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather and me. <laughs> Call for the captain ashore, let me go home. All right, anyways. <laughs> so anyway, no, there's, there's good. lots of good imagery. Um, we want to protect you from the shoals of life. We want to protect you from the sharks in life. He's, he's, he, he's got all these one-liners, folks. Stay tuned. <laughs> we want to make sure that the water is deep enough to float your boat. How's that one? You like that one, Pete? <laughs> Just keep them coming. All right. So let's, let's move on. We do want to talk about life insurance. We want to talk about, we've said that it's not just for spouses, it's for kids, it's for anybody you want to benefit. What if you want to leave money to a charity? You can do life insurance to leave money for a charity. Well, we've uh, had that before with... As an example. Clients who do not have any children or family other than themselves, and we've shown them how, at one point, there was one client in particular they had, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars of, of extra money lying around, and they wanted to leave it to the town. Oh, that's a good case. Let me give that little story real quick. A uh, couple up in the close to the Brockton area. They, there was a high school principal and a high school uh, janitor or teacher. They both retired. Uh, no children, no close relatives. Um, they were already worth, in their own right, I think around $3 million dollars. They did not need all their money to live on. And I said, you're leaving everything 50% for scholarships to your town. The other 50% is going to go and help build a building in town for sports. I said, you've got a lot of extra income you're not using. What if you could leave the town $5 million instead of $3 million? And I showed them how they could take some of the extra money they're using, put it into a $2 million second-to-die life insurance policy, and they did it. 
Now they're leaving their town $5 million instead of $3 million. You can multiply what you have, particularly if you don't need all the income to live on. Not for everybody. On a smaller scale, you can do it for your own family. If you have IRA accounts, let's say, and you're old enough where you're taking your minimum distributions out of an IRA account, and you say, well, I wish I didn't have to take this because I just pay taxes on it and then I stick it in the bank. One of the things that we'll do is we'll say, why don't we take some of that extra money and we'll buy a life insurance policy for your children, and maybe it's a second-to-die life insurance policy, and now we're going to buy a much larger policy, and your kids are going to get this money without paying any income taxes on it. Now you've created a bigger inheritance, a legacy for your own kids or grandkids or whatever it happens to be. Well, there's also, and, and you just sort of spoke to that, uh, we meet with a lot of people who have grandchildren. And it's a case-by-case scenario, as it is with everyone that we meet with. But some of them want to leave gifts to their grandchildren and be able to watch them enjoy it while they're still alive. Others don't really uh, have that in mind, but they want to leave more to their grandchildren when they're gone. And we do that more of a legacy. Uh, You're leaving a legacy to your children and your grandchildren. If we can get you a life insurance policy that will pay out a much larger amount tax-free to your children and grandchildren, that's really leaving a legacy when you're gone. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you don't have to give it to them all at the same time in one lump sum. You can spread it out and give them one-third of their benefit when you're gone, one-third five years later, and one-third five years after that if you want to. Make sure they're not going to have... You know, a house full of young things, or whatever the reason. A house full of young things? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older now, you know? So, but uh, do something to plan. Uh, we've got all kinds of great Hugh reasons. Hugh Hefner had a house full of young things. What? Yeah, relatively young, yeah. I, did, yeah. I missed that, so... I'll that was probably on. a good thing. What size bathrobe does your dad wear? <laughs> Multi-size. <laughs> He'd look good with a pipe, you know, a pipe. And pipe a, and a, like a maroon-colored oh, robe. that's what you're talking about. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Um, well, all right, we'll, we'll go off the bathroom kick here. Um, a bathrobe kick, I mean. I <laughs> <laughs> see, now you got my words mixed. Your, next, your, your, your nerds mixed? Uh, my nerds wixed. Wixed. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's talk about life insurance. So life insurance takes care of a lot of problems. Do it when you're younger. Let's talk about the types of life insurance, Pete. We've got term life insurance. Term life insurance is called pure life insurance, even though your mouth is not. (laughs) (laughs) We're all about ready to lose it again. It's been a while. (laughs) It's pure life insurance because it has no savings feature, no cash value to it. It's the cheapest form of insurance you can get. And it has a very distinct and very solid purpose to it. But you need to think about when you're doing term insurance because term insurance, um, only a very small percentage ever pays out. And the reason is that if you have 20-year term insurance and you live to the end of the term, then it ends. Uh, Some companies will provide you can continue the insurance, but if you are spending $1,000 a year for a term insurance policy – and it's a 20-year term, perhaps at the end of the 20 years, it's now going to cost you $15,000 a year. So they they more than quadruple, quintuple Yeah, you'll hear you know, things about guaranteed renewable. Well, yeah, it's guaranteed renewable, but at what cost? 
uh, it's going to go way up at the end of that term. And the reason that a lot of term policies don't pay out, as my father was just saying, is that a lot of people will outlive the term, which is wonderful. But a lot of other people uh, will, 10 years into the policy, switch it to a different term policy to extend the term, but also because... Again, uh, with the advances of medical science, people are living longer, so you might be able to, in 10 years, pay an actual, uh, a, a lesser rate, actually. So if you're looking at a pure protection period, let's say you've got uh, kids that are five years old and you want to cover them through 25 for college in case something happens to you, maybe a 20-year term or a 30-year term policy is sufficient. And by the way, don't ever take out a term policy unless it has a feature in it that says, if you want to convert it maybe halfway through to a permanent policy, you can do that. Yes, your premiums will increase, but at least now you can do it, usually without evidence of insurability. So here's why that's important. Uh, Peter, you recently have some 30-year policies out there, 30-year term. And let's say 15 years from now, all of a sudden you have some illness, which means you're never going to qualify for new life insurance it would be nice to be able to convert that policy over into a permanent policy and know that it's going to still be there for as long as you live. Yep, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're, say, for example, age 70, you probably would not be able to or you would not be able to get a 30-year term policy uh, because the life expectancy is that you're not going to live until you're age 100. Um, the other thing to mention is that whole life, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but it's, it is more expensive, but we typically like to recommend to people that if they do a, a whole life policy, especially if they're younger, that they do it as a 20-year pay. So that means that in 20 years, the whole life policy is paid up and you don't have to pay additional premiums or, you know, paid up at age 65, depending on what your age is. Uh, and the reason for that is because we see a lot of people who have whole life policies where they continue to pay every single year, regardless of how much older they are. So they might have a smaller whole life policy with, a, you know, say a $25,000 cash benefit, death benefit. Um, but the cash value is almost that by the time they're 75, 80. Right. Um, so, and they can still have to continue to pay for it. So there's any number of ways you can design life insurance. If you want to just know that you pay X dollars per year, and as long as you pay that, you're guaranteed to have the insurance, then it's a little less expensive, but you're going to pay that for the rest of your life as long as you live. And the insurance company is gambling that you're not going to live as long, and you're gambling that you're going to live you know, as long as you need to to collect that policy. Um, so whole life tends to be more of a guaranteed kind of insurance and you can structure it a number of ways. You can structure a policy with a larger premium to pay that says, I'm going to retire in 10 years. I don't want to be paying a life insurance premium after I retire. While I'm working, I can afford that. So I want to pay insurance for a 10-year term only, and I want to know at the end of the 10 years, I've paid enough money in premium, fully paid up, guaranteed, and I don't have to make any more payments again. That's another way you can structure it. But there's, there's so many different variables and so many ways that you can structure life insurance. Um, if you have any questions, we're always happy to sit down with you. Uh, it's never a cost to sit down with my father uh, and or I. Um, we, we get people surprised by that some, sometimes, but we're always able to sit down with you and, and just have a discussion with you at no cost. Not only that, we can run illustrations for life insurance either on the spot or within 24 hours have 
responses from you know eight or ten different companies sometimes and you'll be able to see them and compare them and know what the features are so it's not a mysterious thing what you should not do is just buy insurance off the internet Oh wow! because if you do that you're not going to be able to get all these questions answered that need to be answered universal uh, life insurance is a policy that has a bit more of an investment feature um, it can build more cash but if the investment return isn't as large as it should be, then you may end up paying longer for the life insurance policy. This is a different kind of insurance. Yeah, universal life or variable universal life are a little bit more complicated and tricky, but it has, as my father said, more of an investment feature to it. So it's a combination life insurance policy plus, you know, retirement savings. But it is more complicated. It takes more time to, you know, go into depth and make sure that you fully understand it. Uh, there are some downfalls to it. If you don't uh, pay, you know, the premium on time or pay the certain amount, it, it can come back to bite you. So that's something that, you know, needs to be discussed in a bit more detail and is for more of an advanced in, investor, really. I want to give you a quotation from a, a person named... Louise Ortiz Haddock, life insurance is like a parachute. If you don't have it the first time you need it, there is no second chance. Mm -hmm. So start young. If you have ever thought about getting life insurance. Sure that wasn't Ben Franklin that said that? No, that wasn't Ben Franklin. Hmm. Huh. But <laughs> Hugh Hefner? <clears throat> no, not Hugh Hefner either. Huh. He didn't need life insurance. He had plenty of things to keep him from falling down and no, I don't want to go there, no. I am going to give you a quotation from Prime Minister Winston Churchill when he spoke at Harrow School in Harrow, England, 1941. Never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. So like that. One of his great quotations. And it was Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story that said, never give up, never surrender, for any of you with children or grandchildren. Did he say that? Yes. Profound. Really? Did he really say that? Never give up, never surrender. Did he say that, really, in the movie? He must have copied um, Winston Churchill. That's all I can say. Oh, I thought you. That's where I thought you were going at first. I'm, I'm thinking, I've watched that a lot with my kids over the years. No, I, I think you're making fun. But that's all right. You're younger. Someday you'll be sorry. Your inheritance won't be as great as you hoped it would be. Now with the threats. That's nice. But that's an important thing to uh, mention. Make sure that your beneficiary forms are always updated and spell out exactly how you want your money to be dispersed. <laughs> because life happens. You might have a falling out with a son who makes fun of you and might want to make your daughter the 100% beneficiary. It's Good point. <laughs> Phil, remind me of that when I leave here, that I need to make some changes. That's funny. <laughs> no, but we, we do mention that all the time, that life happens, life changes, people are born, people are divorced, uh, people pass away, so make sure that your beneficiary forms are always updated, at least on an annual basis. And boy, I can tell you, we see some really funny things. If it weren't so sad sometimes, it would be hysterical. Um, I, I guess I won't go there right now, but... We're going to talk in a minute about do you need life insurance? If you need it, how much do you need? How much should you get? I want, I want to talk first of all, Pete, about who should own your life insurance policy. Some people say, well, if my wife and I are both getting life insurance, she should own mine and I should own hers, right? 
not going to make any difference. It won't make any difference in terms of Medicaid eligibility if somebody has to go to a nursing home. It won't make any difference in terms of if you have enough money that you have a total of more than a million dollars in Massachusetts, you have a taxable estate for estate tax purposes. And that includes the value of your house, your bank accounts, your investment, your life insurance policies. So you have done a trust, for example, Pete, and you and your wife each have a million-dollar life insurance policy. Um, you can shelter a million dollars each from the Massachusetts estate tax because you did a trust. But what if you are single or if you have assets that when combined with the life insurance is going to push you over a million dollars, then you might want to think of a different way to own the life insurance policy. So you don't necessarily want to own it in your own name. You can own it in something called an irrevocable life insurance trust, also known as an ILIT, I-L-I-T. It's a really useful vehicle because what it means is that, um, first of all, as we said earlier, in taxation of life insurance, life insurance death proceeds are never taxable. They're never income to anybody. But that doesn't mean that it's not part of your estate for estate tax purposes. And so if you're pushing those numbers where you're gonna have more than a million dollars or two million dollars as a couple, you don't want to own life insurance policies in your own name. Put them into irrevocable life insurance trusts. There's some technicalities about how that gets done. It's easier and quicker if you do it with a brand new policy. If you do it with an existing older policy and say, yeah, I want to get this out of my estate, I'm going to put it into an irrevocable trust, there's a three-year waiting period before it's out of your estate. And you're, you're talking about some very uh, important uh topics, uh, but you asked a couple of minutes ago uh, a question that didn't get answered, and that is, how much life insurance do I need? Yep, coming back to that. And that's really, uh, as I always like to say, a case-by-case scenario. It depends on where you are at uh, in your life, whether you're younger, whether you're older, whether you have children, whether you have grandchildren. So it's a case-by-case scenario, but what we typically recommend is how much can you afford? How much is in your budget? Because the more life insurance you can afford, if you do have your you know, spouse or, or children, the better. Uh, but what we typically recommend, uh, if you're in your working years especially, is at least three years of your income plus whatever large debts you might have, including a mortgage. So three years of your salary plus the mortgage uh, payoff and then other large debts that you might have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you some additional thoughts on that. I want to come back just very briefly to this irrevocable life insurance trust. What the benefit of the irrevocable life insurance trust is, is that it takes money out of your estate for estate tax purposes. But by the way, it's also more anonymous, and it also protects the money inside the irrevocable trust from creditors. So there's another good reason to think about doing that. But let's... um, as we bring our show closer to an end, let's talk about how long should the term be in a life insurance policy? Um, what amount of insurance should you carry? And in that regard, um, we're not able to tell you uh, with a lot of detail over the telephone how much insurance you should have. But we can tell you that there are a number of calculators that we use that would make recommendations. Um, for example, um, How much do you spend each month? How much debt do you have other than for your mortgage? So ideally, you might want to have your mortgage amount paid off. 
If you have other debt, you might want to have the other debt paid off if something happens to you. Those are two really good first steps as an absolute minimum. So now you end up with a house that has no mortgage on it for your surviving spouse, for example. And by the way, both husband and wife in a marriage situation ought to both have some life insurance. It's not just the husband who always dies early. Sometimes it's the wife who dies early. And then how much do you spend every month? How much do you save every month? And how much income would your survivors need if you weren't around and for how long? So if you have kids that are 14 and 15 years of age, for example, maybe they're going to be around for 10 more years before they might go all the way through college if they did that. So you might need to know that that household needs to be supported for another 10 years. And let's say the husband is making one figure and the wife is making another figure, and all of a sudden one of those income disappears. Um, how do you replace that income if you don't have insurance? But that's a measure. I'm going to use sort of modest figures. Let's say that uh, the wife is making $40,000 a year, and this is not a sexist remark. It's just a fact of life. And the husband's making $60,000 a year, and they want to be able to stay in that house if something happens to him. So if he's going to, if that household is going to lose $60,000 a year and he needs to cover it for 10 years, even in just raw numbers, that's $600,000. If they also want to have the mortgage paid off so it'll be a little bit more affordable and that's a $300,000 mortgage, now you're going to need $900,000 of insurance. Um, so it's not unusual to think in terms of having a million-dollar life insurance policy. Today, it's not a big number. You know, I had a, I had a couple up in um, oh, uh, somewhere in the 128 belt. The gentleman was making a really good salary. His wife was a stay-at-home mom with two kids. They were young. They were seven and five or something like that. He was making $300,000 a year, which is a huge salary for anybody. Sure. And when we did their estate plan, and I sat down and I asked him about insurance, he had a $300,000 life insurance policy at work. His mortgage was greater than that because he had a big fancy house up in, I think it was Westboro or someplace like that. And I said to him, so how do you replace your income when your wife is not working and the family is living on $300,000 a year of income and you've got kids that need to be educated? Uh, long story short, we did over a $2 million term policy for him. And we did it as you know, a specific term of years so that at least there would be a time to transition with his salary gone. His wife might need to re-enter the workforce and things of that nature. Well, we talked at the top of the hour uh, that there are so many people, and I'm talking over half of the population that works or, and you know, has young children, that know that they need life insurance, but they don't have any. It's really a, a problem. And there's a lot of clients that we meet with who say, yeah, I have a life insurance policy through work. And you look at it, and, you know, it's a $20,000 policy. And what happens if you get laid off? Yeah. And, you know, what's a $20,000 policy going to do? It's going to cover your funeral expenses, and that's it. Or what happens if you uh, retire? So we've talked about a lot of things uh, today. We've talked about um, the fact that we can calculate the amount. And by the way, there's an old expression, uh, you don't want to be insurance poor. Um, you have to be able to afford insurance policy payments. So the starting point is to do a complete analysis of what's your budget, what's your income, what's your assets, what are your needs, um, what would you have to replace for income if something happened to either husband or wife, 
Remember that if the wife dies first, the husband's at home, he's going to provide daycare perhaps for young kids. He's going to need insurance on his wife as well. Let me tell you about the cost of daycare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's ridiculous. So we can help calculate, here's an ideal amount that maybe you should carry. Maybe you do it part-term and part-permanent insurance. So the term covers the period when kids are younger or needs are greater, and then gradually you can let that go away. There's, there's a lot of ways to calculate this, and then we sit down and say, can you afford this in your budget? And then maybe the answer to the solution, maybe the solution and the answer is, we'll say, well, why don't you cover at least half of this so that something is provided? Maybe your kids are going to get Social Security disability benefits. So it's not an all-or-nothing proposition. It has to be affordable. But by way of summary, we've covered a lot of things today. Uh, The process for life insurance is not painful. You make an application. We get illustrations for you. You go through a physical exam in your house, in our office. The physical exam is really not a physical exam. It's basically just taking blood and blood pressure and answering a couple of questions with uh, a nurse who will actually come to your home or to your place of business or really wherever you want. So it's not really an examination. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to give you one last quotation, Pete. See if you can decipher this one. Ben Franklin? No. (laughs) This is Troy Moore. Aim high. It is no harder on your gun to shoot the feathers off an eagle than to shoot the fur off a skunk. What do you think? I, I, I'm, you got me on that one. <laughs> no, that was, just, that was just for fun. What I do want to say is get your family insured. Get your family protected. It's your life. You need a plan to navigate turbulent financial waters. You need a financial navigation plan. We will help you chart your course. Thank you.